This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate you call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very you might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they can become something more. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast about Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Bruffett. How are we doing today, Chris? Jesse, I need Bishop. I need <laughs> Bishop, and I need Same. him now. It's yeah, my money, Bishop. and I want it now. Exactly. Spoken like a true consumer. Yes, sir. I've been in a similar boat, and obviously with Nightcrawler and even Charles, getting that stuff to the table, just giving that it a leadership, shot. leadership, man. I think Bishop's just so exciting for X-Force in particular, but... He is very exciting for X-Force. Weirdly enough, I've said it multiple times, I'm not sure he's the character I'm most excited for, even though the one he's the one that slots into my primary team. Yeah. I'm just extremely fascinated by Shadowcat. Yep. I'm extremely fascinated by Iceman. I don't know what it is. I think they're really fun, and they're three threats that are fast, and that's exciting. A little exciting. bit different. Yeah. A little more specialized. Yeah. If you couldn't tell our excitement from the last episode where we talked all these spoilers and I'm excited, Chris, too, on this journey we're going on soon to Adepticon and stuff. What's AMG going to tell us before Adepticon and what are they going to tell us at Adepticon? Because they're going to do that panel on Sunday for Shatterpoint and MCP. You know what? And they're the going to tell us a lot of stuff. Do you know what the coolest part about that is? What? We're going to be sitting in that panel. We're going to be Isn't there. that crazy? Yeah, so hopefully me, you, and Amon are all right next to each other, just giddy. I agree. Giddy like children. And hopefully we'll get some some live quick reactions from Adepticon. We're working on trying to trying to be able to bring some field reporting from Adepticon is what we'll call it. So we'll mm-hmm. see if we can get the equipment working. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, even if it's just after darks, right? We're going to try to get something yep. going for Adepticon. So Could be very but, cool. Very excited about it. But if not... We're going to be covering extensively when we get back. Oh, yeah. Either way. You guys will hear about it here, and 
we'll cover all the news on this very cast. But we're back in a main episode today, Chris, which is very exciting. This is an exciting one, Jesse. It really yeah, is. We, we just finished our mini kaiju run, and the irony of that is Cosmic Ghost Rider just got changed after we just did him. We could have told you that was going to happen, because if we put out an episode on a character that needs a change, that change comes as soon as the episode's over. Absolutely. Never fails. Yeah, and we had a feeling a change was coming. I didn't think it was coming this quickly, so that's exciting for the game, but it's here. The change is here. Cosmic Ghost Rider's been reeled in. Most notable, his chains being once per turn and his power generation from his unstable element. The timing window has been changed, which massively changes the character. It is now in the cleanup phase. In addition to that, you make his spender cost a little bit more. And I really like these changes, Chris. I think these are a good thing. I think the community at large, I think we've all accepted these changes. And I'm hoping... Yeah, hoping, hoping, hoping this brings him in line to right where he should be. It would be wonderful for the game. But either way, I appreciate the attempt. Absolutely agree. And now Chris and I are, are super excited because per our normal guilt that we have, we don't play overtuned characters until they're adjusted. <laughs> I'm going to assemble my uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider very soon. So we did the same thing with Malekith. Didn't play him until after he was adjusted. And my Cosmic Ghost Rider is almost done painting wise so this was a perfect timing in my opinion for changes to actually play him the way he's going to be because i think as as a player you you feel better about it right using the the change version against your opponents but also you're actually playing the character how they're going to be going forward so you're not getting used to anything overtuned or overpowered right well presumably right that's the hope yeah that's the hope but yeah it is it is tough for me to play a character that's overtuned And not always because of some weird moral stance, right? And that's, that's you and I's own thing. No one else should be held to that standard. That's so listener. Don't you want to win? So should you want to win? Yeah. I just prefer to win without. We like like to win our way and you're good at winning your way. I'm good at playing my way, not Mm. necessarily winning. But if you know a character is going to get changed, it's hard to put those reps in for me, knowing that the character is going to be possibly completely different in three months or before my next big tournament. Mm. So I'd prefer to play with things that I'm very sure are not going to change, at least from a, a competitive competitive build-up standpoint and dojoing standpoint, things like that. Well, the irony is we had no idea he was going to change, but it seemed like the community at large was asking for it, and AMG is very in tune with their community. And we saw kind of the route that Malekith went with some subtle nerfs, and then one more round of nerfs. So it seemed like Cosmic Ghost Rider was on that path, and I guess they were listening, and he's on that path. Didn't take long after LVO for it to happen. I think that's pretty telling. Absolutely. And I also like, I think it's very obvious anytime a character is like a 0.5 or a 1 threat higher than what they are, at least what how it feels to the community, AMG really acknowledges that. And I think Bullseye being the inverse of that. Bullseye felt like a two, but he was a three. He got knocked down to a two. He might be our only instance of that ever happening in the game, getting downgraded, and I love it. I do not see that happening again, but yeah, it was an awesome move. Absolutely, but Cosmic Ghost Rider was easily a 6.5 pushing on a seven, right? And they needed him to be a six. Yeah. And I think they're bringing him more in line of being a six now. So very exciting. Still a phenomenal character. Um, Still an amazing like presentation of this character on his card and his sculpt i think it's still one of the best amgs ever done like chris and i went at that at nauseam the episode just the lore on the card and like his place patterns and 
his superpowers. It's just so well done. Just cool to see him reined in a little bit. It's great. It's wonderful for the game. And now everybody's going to have to pick a new character to complain about. So can't wait to see what we all decide on. Send your prayers to Bill right now. (laughs) (laughs) Bill's fine, man. It's fine. Bill is fine, especially if eyes is changed. That's what I expect to change more than yeah. I expect Bill, Bill to change his fine. eyes. I've, I have thought the eyes change has been coming for a while. So we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see we'll how see. it all shakes out. Absolutely. So we want to cover that real quick because the irony is Chris and I did a Cosmic Ghostwriter episode and then we did a news episode. And so then, of course, AMG had to release mm-hmm. some new Cosmic Ghostwriter news that we couldn't cover in both episodes due to the nature of creating in this space and production and getting stuff out to you guys on time. So. We're covering a mini news episode right here at the front now to put a bow on the Cosmic Ghost Rider news discussion and getting right into Squirrel Girl today, which is very exciting. But before we get into Squirrel Girl, we have some people to thank. Fury's Finest is supported by Mr. Laser. Go to mr-laser.square.site for all of your Marvel Crisis Protocol needs. And please, while you're there, remember to use the discount code FURY5 at checkout. It's time to go ahead and get your mutants and your Wakandans going, folks. So Fury 5 at checkout helps you. Cool 5% off. Helps us. Let's Mr. Laser know that we sent you. Very generous Mr. Laser is to us here on Fury's Finest and you guys as our listeners. Additionally, Fury's Finest is supported by iWarGame. iWarGame makes the best Mark Master MCP in the business. We highly recommend checking them out at iWarGame.net. Use the code FFPODCAST to get 10% off of your marked playmats order and get a bunch of mats while you're there because it's got multiple themes of the city they now have some new themes that we've been using a ton like that jungle map like that forest map get these things in your rotation and get some marked mats to get some more games of mcp in today and also most importantly of all our patrons support at furious finest at patreon.com slash furious finest if you enjoy our show brings value to you and you would like to support us and also join our private Discord community. Check out the Patreon tiers. We take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. Hey, Chris, we have a new patron of the week. Fantastic. It is Max. Thank you so much, Max. Max, thank you. And of course, every week we have to thank our Avenger-level producers, Rich and Sean. These are the two that really keep the lights on, keep the show going for sure, with their just very generous shows of support every month. So, Rich and Sean. Thank you so much, as always. Yeah. Huge shout out to the producers every week because you guys are actively helping us pay all of our hosting and software fees and production fees and all the things that we invest in to make the show the best it is. So it means a lot and you guys keep us going. All right, Chris, let's get into Squirrel Girl today. All right, Jesse, it's time. This is one I know a lot of people have been looking forward to. It's time to talk about the unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Doreen Green. Who is Doreen, you might ask? Doreen Green is a weird, weird gal. She's awesome. She's got the she's got the the powers of a squirrel. I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. She's got a tail. She can jump high. She's got claws. She's got the proportional strength of a squirrel. She likes to eat nuts. She can talk to squirrels. She can ask them, command them. I'm not exactly sure to do things. So she's got an army of squirrels at her beck and call at all times and she's a great babysitter i jesse i know you're interested in that come on now let's talk a little bit about the squirrel girl powers i've I've gotten into it a little bit but there's something very important you have to know here dear listener about the nature of doreen's powers 
Dream is a mutate. And this is extremely important for this fact and this fact alone. A mutate, especially this, especially during green, is medically and legally different from a mutant. This is extremely important. Not in lore, but this keeps her out of the clutches of the evil filmmaking departments. No, but originally she is introduced as a mutant, but it gets it gets retconned to uh, very comically to me uh, to be legally and medically different from a mutant to keep her film rights in the hands of the Disney Corporation, which is real life affecting comic affecting art in a uh, humorous way. They did a good job there. Wow. Yeah. Of, see our Angela. See our Angela episode. Yeah, man. This. Sometimes these things can be fun and and funny and good. Sometimes they can be ugly. Like they sometimes they sometimes lemonade is not made correct. Sometimes they just rot. So of course, I've mentioned she is very strong. Squirrels can climb. She's got the prehensile tail, so extremely great uh, agility, balance, change of direction, stuff like that. Tails are actually pretty insane. She's got night vision. She's got her knuckle spikes. And as I said, she can communicate with squirrels, often to great effect. Some kind of out of mutate powers and abilities here. She's a computer science expert. And she's also like some of our other favorite characters, guys. She also breaks the fourth wall just a yeah. little bit. So she, she kind of fills in in this little space that Marvel has created, this little Deadpool space of... yeah. In universe, maybe they're C list, B list, not super powerful heroes or villains sometimes, depending on who we're talking about. Usually a, a little bit more comedic and out of universe. They tend to be a little bit more popular with readers than they are in universe. So, this right. Because they frequently communicate with the reader, right? So, yeah. it's, it's a different we've, experience. We've, we've had this kind of Deadpool esque. Oh, yeah. Start with She Hulk. Start She-Hulk starts the whole thing, of course, but we've had this kind of archetype going through Marvel for a little while, uh, and it's great. I love it. It's, it's usually very, very funny, depending on the writer, of course. So her powers, Chris, before we leave the section real quick, yeah, they give me strong Ant-Man vibes, where it's you know, oh, yeah. like the, but, the, but, the strength of an ant, the powers of an ant, be able to command the army of ants. It is yet in a lot of ways very different, right? Yeah. Because the ant control comes from the helmet. Of course. And the strength comes from the pim particles and the way they affect proportional strength in relative to your size. To make a, a human have the proportional right. strength of an ant. Right. Where all where these powers with Doreen are ingrained in her. She was very born with them or they developed. We're not sure because she is a mutate and we're not exactly sure how this works because it is legally and medically different from being a mutant. <laughs> so let's talk about Squirrel Girl, the meta here, her first appearance. And then we're just going to talk a little bit of her publication history. We're not going to touch on it too terribly much, but it is interesting. Uh, we've seen a couple of similar cases before in comics. This one is a little bit more compact, but still very interesting to me. Squirrel Girl is created mostly by writer Will Murray and artist Steve Ditko, of course, Ditko getting the creation credit on this for a character that comes out in Marvel Superheroes Volume 2, Number 8, also known as the Marvel Superheroes Winter Special, cover dated Winter 1991. Most of the characters we see from Ditko are from, what, the 70s, 80s? 
Yeah, 60s, for sure. not a ton in the 90s. Of course, this is the early 90s. So Squirrel Girl is going to make her first appearance here. She is going to show up again and make her second appearance in a comic, I think four months later in 92. But then she's slated to be used in an upcoming project. But the writer of that project leaves Marvel before the project starts. So Squirrel Girl has been created and appeared twice. And now she's just on the shelf. Um, So she's not really seen again for 10 years, almost a decade. And when she is seen again, it's a very quick little, hey, Squirrel Girl is still alive, still part of Marvel Comics, still in universe. And it's not till we get to the Great Lakes Avengers will Squirrel Girl really start to become a part of the Marvel Universe for real. Because I would almost say in 91, she was never really a part of it. She shows up. She has this adventure with Iron Man, and then we just don't see her again for 10 years. So was she, you know, it's kind of a kind of a fever dream almost, right? Yep. So let's get into her history. Doreen is born to Dorian and Maureen. That's correct. Her first name is a mashup of her father and mother's names. She is quintessential, polite, happy, positive Midwesterner. No way around it. She kind of reminds, she's the comic version of Joe Para to me. Oh, interesting. Not, not as, not as monotone and not as intentionally kind of slow as Joe, which I, I love Joe Para, one of my favorite com- comedians, but she reminds me of him on a personal level. I would not be surprised if 25, 23 year old Doreen spends a Friday night home knitting. You know what I mean? For sure. So it's early on in her life, her powers surface. She has she develops this prehensile tail and the whole squirrel business begins at 10 years old is when she kind of figures out that she could talk to squirrels. Uh, she has her first, you know, sidekick main man, uh, number one squirrel monkey Joe. And this is going to be the squirrel that we see her, her, you know, for lack of a better term, familiar, I guess. I don't know how else to describe it. Her is Monkey Joe not Tippy or it is Tippy? Monkey Joe is not Tippy. That's what I thought. Monkey Joe is number one. This, Monkey Joe is her first. Yes. Tippy will come around later. So Monkey Joe is going to encourage Doreen to become kind of a superhero. And so from then on, it's her dream to become the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. When Doreen is 14, this is going to be her first appearance in comics that we're going over here. It's pretty interesting. She decides that she is ready to be a sidekick. So she jumps Iron Man. She like physically assaults him. That's right. To prove, to prove that she's ready for this, to prove that she can go, to prove that she's a player and she's got skills, to show him firsthand, right? So during all of this, Iron Man's going to get attacked by Dr. Doom. And through a lot of shenanigans and whatnots and whozits, Squirrel Girl is going to almost single-handedly defeat Dr. Doom. Well. Her and Monkey Joe. Monkey Joe's did a lot of the heavy lifting on this one, <laughs> as well as some unknown uh, squirrels. So her first appearance, she has defeated one of the big bads in Marvel. And this is going to become kind of a running joke. Uh, it will later come to light that she assists Hulk against Abomination. So she helps Hulk take out Abomination. Uh, later, she's going to single-handedly defeat Thanos. <laughs> no big deal. Right? She's the kaiju hunter, right? 
And it's kind of that way in MCP with her rule set as well. Eventually, Great Lakes Avengers is going to come out and Squirrel Girl's back. There's a very fun little nugget in this, in these comics of her defeating MODOK, right? Shield is just on the ropes. We've got the Howling Commandos, just MODOK's got them by the tail, okay? They're in a bad situation. Squirrel Girl shows up on the scene. And one of the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents informs Dum Dum Dugan the Squirrel Girl is here. And I think his exact words are, oh, thank God. He knows. He knows that she's defeated some big bads. She that's so kn- good. He knows that she can go. And I just think that's a very fun little, little nod, in-universe nod to her propensity to just kind of take out these big bads and be this new C-list kind of character presented as a C-list character to us. But in universe, she just can't help but continue to do big, big things. And it's almost a joke that she is just this nice girl at this point, And she's just taking out these big bads. It's just very cool. A notable thing to mention, Chris, is she's taken out a lot of them through just talking to them. She has done a lot of non-violent, had a lot of non-violent victories. Right. So Thanos is not one of those. No. Modok is not one of those, and Doctor Doom is not one. Galactus. Galactus, though, she defeats just by Dormammu talking it out. Dormammu come to bargain, sort yep. of thing. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, yeah, she's great. She's she's actually really great at maybe like you said, it's her Midwestern sweetness meets her 100%. intelligence. Meets her intelligence. She can talk to somebody. That's a very good point, Jesse. She is not only computer smart and smart, but she is emotionally intelligent as well. Yeah, which is. A nice thing to see from a Marvel superhero these days. But yeah, she finds herself kicking it with some of the biggest heroes, having backstory with some of the main heroes in Marvel. And she's just always, who? Squirrel Girl? Who? I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's a very fun little... That's the bit. She's juxtaposition. She's juxtaposition. Exactly. Yeah. She's going to help the Thing defeat Bi-Beast. And this is not a, a different version of the Beast from... The X-Men, this is a giant, it's a single head, but two-faced monster. It's a really weird looking 60s uh, creation, but but very fun. Squirrel Girl is still part of the Great Lakes Avengers at this point, but they're going to rebrand to the Great Lakes Champions. They will then rebrand to the Great Lakes Initiative. And this, this is the time period when Squirrel Girl is going to have a lot of run-ins with Deadpool. They're going to fight. She's going to defeat him. She, she just completely goes around his healing factor by doing a, a lot of tiny cuts. And the story explanation for this is that the cut, none of the cuts, they're all paper cuts, essentially. And none of these cuts are being recognized by his healing factor. And so eventually, with none of them healing, he's just in too much pain walking around. Another very, you could almost say nonviolent resolution, even though violence is expressly used, but it's it is non-lethal violence on, on a major scale to defeat Deadpool, which is, I think, very cool. She's uh, Deadpool's going to eventually team up with the Great Lakes Initiative now. So it's still the Great Lakes Avengers. They're just under different names constantly. And this is where Squirrel Girl is going to help take out a god. She's going to help defeat Dionysus in a way. So we're going to go through a few more kind of growing things with Squirrel Girl. She's going to confront her childhood hero, Speedball, who, of course, was a member of the New Warriors. Speedball is her hero. 
if this were sports, it's our favorite player for all time. But he has fallen a little bit from grace, become penanced. Penance is a bad thing. But Squirrel confronts him and, and helps get him at least wanting to get back on the straight and narrow. So more of her emotional intelligence coming to bear. So we're seeing a lot of interesting things with her here that we do not see from very many other superheroes. And that is someone that's willing to speak truth in some not necessarily advantageous positions. I hesitate to say speak truth to power because I don't know that speedball is really a power. The new warriors aren't much. Looking at it from her perspective, from a writer's perspective, being in the character's shoes, she is speaking truth to power because in-universe, the new warriors in Speedball, they are established heroes. They are senior to her. They are experienced where she is just a young whippersnapper. I think that's a really interesting part of her character, something you don't see a lot and something that Marvel could use to great effect in the future. I really do believe. She and the GLI, the Great Lakes Initiative, will be involved in the secret invasion a little bit. But this is going to start leading her towards leaving the Great Lakes Avengers. She's going to realize after she single-handedly defeats Fin Fang Foom, she's going to realize that maybe her talents are a little bit outpacing the rest of the team and that they need to start working on picking up some of the slack themselves. So she is going to leave the GLI and do one of the coolest things that any superhero in Marvel Comics has done. She becomes a nanny. Mm -hmm. She becomes the nanny of Daniela Cage. This is the daughter of Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. So automatically the coolest kid in Marvel history. <laughs> of course, this is when Bendis is writing the Avengers and like him or love him. I, I don't care what side you fall with Bendis. I'm fine with him. But he loved Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. He used them all the time. And I am thankful to him for using them here and bringing Squirrel Girl in as their nanny. It's fun. So she will make semi-regular appearances in Avengers runs for a little bit. And interestingly enough, she is shown to have, through this first one of these issues, she's shown to have a backstory with Wolverine. It is it's interesting, a little bit weird, because she is on the younger side and Wolverine is so old because it is vaguely hinted at it being romantic, but the writer has really gone on to, to clear it up and not in comics, but in interviews, has gone on to clear it up and say it, it wasn't expressly romantic or anything. They were adversaries over something minor and didn't like each other. And that is how they've explained it. It is a weird gray area there. That's what this writer has said. But also she did appear in one of Logan's fantasies with a bunch of Logan's former romantic partners and some that he had never had romantic trysts with. So a weird gray area that Marvel's been leaving gray, not exactly comfortable given her age in comics and his age in comics. Something to think about. I have a feeling they'll clear it up at some point. So now, listener, we have gotten through all of Doreen's history before she got her own book. So this is going to bring us up to The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Volume 1. And I'm going to be honest here with you guys. This is I know I do this to you guys all the time. I want you to read this. So I'm not going to yep. tell you about it very much. I'm going to set a scene here for you. But I really do think you should read 
The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl Volume 1 and just keep reading it if it's resonating with you. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl is going to find our intrepid hero enrolled at Empire State University in New York. She's going to have a roommate. She's going to make friends. All of these friends are going to, of course, be tied in to future adventures. So this is going, it's the start of the Squirrel Girl cast and the Squirrel Girl family. And I think it's interesting to watch develop. It is also a very fun and I think well-written from the perspective of characterization. This run really captures Doreen's personality and Doreen, just who she is as a hero and as a person. So I really, if you're interested in the character at all, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl Volume 1, perfect place to start and just run with it if it's resonating with you. If not, read it until you're done. But we are going to see her beating some big bads throughout all this and doing some fun things. Please read it. Jesse, that's going to wrap up our lore section on Squirrel Girl today. A character that's been around since 92, but hasn't really seen much use within the last 20 years. And even in those 20 years, it was a couple of one-offs here, a few issues there. And then it's when the Great Lakes Initiative and the Great Lakes Avengers starts kicking up is when you really start seeing her story and characterization start moving forward and writers being interested in using her. Bendis, of course, takes that a step further, gets her involved with the Avengers to an extent, as well as establishing just more lived-in feeling with her. The, the stuff with Wolverine and there's a few other characters that she's got some sort of history and rapport with. That's always surprising. So an interesting character and a very interesting character from a writer's perspective. So I'm excited to see where they take her in the future. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great summary, Chris. And absolutely, the writer's perspective part, reading Scroll Girl over the last year or two, it's very apparent that Marvel, kind of like you said with the Deadpool thing, obviously it started with She-Hulk. Marvel wants their writers to play in areas like this from a writing standpoint, writing like yeah. stylistically, well, right? Stylistically. It's proven to be pretty successful for them over the years, especially more recently. So I think it's a decent way to take it. And honestly, of all the weird, edgy, different yeah. ways they could have gone, going with someone like Doreen, who mm -hmm. is just a nice, good, sweet, well-intentioned person is honestly refreshing. Absolutely for me. refreshing. Yeah, especially as the POV fourth wall character, right? Mm -hmm. Like Exactly, works. because it so works. many times those characters are just a little bit more edgy. I guess Gwenpool's not as edgy. She takes it a different way, right? She's from out of universe. Doreen is a very 
in universe and the universe feels very lived in around her despite her infrequent use for so many years, which again is another testament to the writers being clever and being creative with some of their dialogue. Oh, absolutely. And to me, she feels like a really fun spiritual successor to the actual alter ego of Jen of She-Hulk, right? And that's a different take on that, right? And going forward in a different way. And that's an interesting thought. I like that. Yeah. Well, because like what always makes so She-Hulk so interesting is Jen and they tried to explore this on the show and some of it they actually executed well was like the juxtaposition of How dare Jen. you say anything about that show was good, you monster. Right. The juxtaposition of Jen and who she is as She-Hulk and how the way she presents herself and feels in both forms, right? And what's interesting about Squirrel Girl is, I don't know, like that fourth wall thing. And that there's, comedy and that wit and that quick and mind. there's more to brilliant it, too. Woman, brilliant woman, like, as the character. And, yeah, there's a lot more to it. So I mean, I, she has... You can go through even some of the minor things that they depict with her. She has trouble making friends or keeping them. She's very nice and pleasant. People like her, but also she's so nice and pleasant, it's a bit off-putting for some, right? And she... All kinds of little things. Just juggling yeah. her, her very healthy and loving, adoring family, right? That's different for a Marvel hero, but it yeah. also presents its own challenges, even though that's the storybook life we all want is a loving family where we all hang out and are friends on top of being family, right? So it's just an interesting, different take. And I think if even to people who need things to be a little more edgy or a little more actiony, yeah, uh, which there's nothing wrong with any of that, even for people like that, I think if you look at her from these perspectives, you can find some interest in the character. I agree completely. I think she's a fun new exploration of what Marvel comics can be, what they can do and the characters being presented to them while also building off of original pre-existing classic character ideas like She-Hulk, like Peter Parker and going your own way with some of those seeds from those I'm characters. Very glad you've brought She-Hulk into this because I it lets me mention that while searching for a nanny for their wonderful daughter, Luke and Jessica went through quite a few applicants before they settled on Doreen. She-Hulk being one of those applicants. She didn't get the job, though. She did not get the job. Those two intersecting in comics as well uh, as thematically outside of comics. Very, very well done, Jesse. Well, thank you, Chris. Well, before we get into Squirrel Girl and strategy today, we got to mention she's not in the MCU yet, though a lot of people have been asking for it. And I think she could absolutely fit in the MCU, especially in one of these one-off shows or something, right? She definitely will not be showing up with mutants. She is legally and medically <laughs> different. <laughs> and the squirrelies and the army of squirrels could be so fun in a TV show format. It really could be like Tippy could be a character, quite honestly, right? Oh, for sure. You could, could be unique. You could voice that character. Maybe only Squirrel Girl hears him, but you could definitely have someone voice that character. Mm, yeah. Yeah, all uh, Detective Pikachu, you know, that's that Great style. Call. So that movie daughter, was really not that bad. No, it was actually quite good for what it did and mm -hmm. kind of shocking how good it was. And my daughter was watching that again recently. So fantastic. It's on, top, it's on top of my mind. I would like to see that. But right now she is not in MCU and no rush on that. But Chris, you got to close this out with your comic book recommendation before we get into strategy. Okay, so you can read the uh, Marvel Winter, Winter Special from 1991. It's fine. It is, it's her first appearance, so it's definitely worth looking through. It is fun. Her costume's different. She's got that kind of clockwork orange eyes thing going yeah. on back then. Her power's a little bit different, too. Her powers not fully are a realized. little different. But that is where she started. That's the original incarnation of the character. 
like I said, I really think you start at the unbeatable Squirrel Girl Volume 1 and just go. I second that. You could do Great Lakes Avengers from 2005. Uh, it is Volume 1, Misassembled, is where she's going to make her you know, return after 15 years of not being shown or really used in Marvel Comics. I think that is worth reading. But if you've got, don't have the time, please just go right into the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. All right, Chris, we got to jump right into Squirrel Girl and Marvel Christ Protocol Day and the ways we can play her on the table. Her name is Squirrel Girl. Her alter ego is, of course, Doreen Green. She is a fourth threat character. Her defenses are three physical, three energy, three mystic. Her stamina is six on the front side and five on the back side, giving her a total of 11. She's a size two and a small base, medium mover. What's your thoughts here, Chris? So far, I see a normal MCP character. A three threat, right? So far, I see a three threat. Yeah. Yeah, so let's get into... It really does take me back to two and a half years ago. Yeah. When three threats were what we were getting all the time. And this is the stat line we constantly saw. So absolutely interesting to see this on a four threat, on a modern four threat. Let's jump a little bit out of order here and cover her squirrelies and night superpower to better understand everything else on her kit because it's all based off of this tippy token it's a good call squirrelies this character begins the game with the tippy token while this character has tippy squirrel girl may roll up to two dice when making an attack defense or dodge roll during the power phase you may move the token from anywhere on the board to squirrel girl Whenever a character is dazed or KO'd while it has the tippy-toe token, move the tippy-toe token back to this character. This character cannot have a tippy-toe token except the one it begins the game with. I like that future-proofing there. When this character is removed from the battlefield, remove the tippy-toe token from the game. Additionally, when this character is dazed, move the tippy-toe token to this character from anywhere. So that's a mouthful. But essentially, the second part of this paragraph is all Dr. Voodoo wordage. Yep. That's been improved. And in fact, it's been changed now with the Carterata, which I absolutely love. So essentially, there's rules to there can only be one tippy out there, period, in a game. When a character's days are KO'd and they have tippy on them, tippy comes back to Squirrel Girl. When Squirrel Girl is removed from the battlefield, tippy's removed from the battlefield. And when Squirrel Girl is dazed, this is the change that really Dr. Voodoo needed from the beginning that he got now. When she's dazed, tippy can be pulled off of enemies. To her now, all this to to state <clears throat> the cool part about Tippy for Squirrel Girl that benefits her was that first part when she has Tippy, she gets to basically Spidey Sense all attack, defense, and dodge. Spidey Sense being the reroll defense stuff. I love it. So we say that now because now these three 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 stats are very different. Outside of skulls, her math gets really weird. If she crits on attack or defense. She has a lot more openness of consistency, right? Basically, if she spikes harder because of these rerolls, yeah, it's really good. And it's compounded by more rerolls. So if you can put her in a team that gives more rerolls, which we will talk about at the end of the show, like always, you start making Tippy even more impactful for her. I'm going to level with you here, Jesse. Yeah. This is one of the characters in MCP that I have wanted to get on the table the most lately. Well, mine's painted. Why don't you start using her? Bring her, bring her tonight. Okay. I'll throw her in defenders, but that's the top of my list. This knuckle spike strike when she's got tippy it's cable. It's range three to, to get his rerolls. You have to be within range three. Yeah. yeah. It's strength five. It, and it's got a, a wild trigger. This yeah. is, this is cable on a four threat squirrel. I do like that. It's analogy. awesome. 
Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's physical, which is a, a higher yeah. represented defense and all it's, that. But it's basically beast punching are, you really, really hard. There are some there are minor differences. But at the end of the day, it's a range three strength five reroll two. that is cable. And that's good. Absolutely. So let's keep on this tippy path to better understand how she works as a whole. So now we've discussed that her defenses are deceptive. She also has a superpower reactive called Tippy Comeback. When Scroll Girl is targeted by an attack, she may use the superpower move Tippy Toe token to this character from anywhere on the map. It only costs zero. Very cool. So if she's aggressively using Tippy, which we're about to discuss how to do, but then she gets focus fired a lot. She can pull him back to guarantee that she gets those defensive rerolls, right? Absolutely. It's all about this Tippy Toe management. And let's talk about Tippy Toe takedown, an active superpower that costs X. This is probably one of her most complex elements of the tippy thing but it is so interesting so squirrel girl may spend any amount of power to use the superpower choose an enemy character within range three of squirrel girl with a threat value equal to or lower than the amount of power you spent so if you're targeting a three threat you got to pay three power move the tippy toe token to that character after you've paid for it while that character has the tippy toe token it does not add crit results in its attack defense or dodge rolls to its total successes and cannot add dice to its attack defense or dodge rolls as a result of crit results so yes tippy is a super hex a movable super hex yeah very movable yeah just got to move him on squirrel girl's turn that's the toughest part and i don't think you necessarily want to be spending three and four power moving tippy around a lot but you know it it is movable the irony with this and the the tough part of tippy is when you move them to the enemy during Squirrel's Girl's turn and then you attack, now you've lost your rerolls, right? Yeah. So there's layers to this where it's Squirrel Girl's better with him or the enemy's way weaker with him. And you've got to make these informed decisions throughout this whole process. But yeah, there's a lot of elements to it and we'll talk about it with her attacks in a minute. But this is so cool, Chris. I think this is the bread and butter of her kit is basically the tippy innate is so strong, the squirrelies. And then... This super hex, when used effectively, can just bring a target down. It's a really good way to go early with scroll girl in a round, mark somebody, and then your whole team pile on them that round. So in a way, as Chris mentioned in the episode, it is a kaiju killer because it's a super hex for a big model, if you can afford it. The problem with that is you got to be able to port it. You got to be able to spend six power to put this on a six cost character or getting, something, right? Getting the six power to put this on Cosmic Ghost Rider early is tough. And then when it's not on her and she loses... Her defensive bonuses from having yeah, Tippy, she's vul- it makes her way more vulnerable to CGR just blowing her up on his turn. So it's a lot to manage. You really have to figure out what way you're going to play her in every matchup. This is a character I think you can put on the table in most games, in most situations. But the difficulty is figuring out when are you using Tippy offensively? When are you using Tippy to buff Squirrel Girl. Yes. And who are you putting it on? If you're using it to hex your enemy, when do you pull it off? When do you leave it on? When is it okay for Squirrel Girl to just eat damage? Yeah. There's so many variables, and I would not be surprised if that's why we don't see her a ton in competitive play yet. Oh, absolutely. And also it puts a target on her head when she gives Tippy out to someone because now the onus is on the opponent to take her out to make tippy automatically come back to her when she's dazed right per the rules of squirrelies so very tough but continuing on with her superpowers she has one final superpower of course she does it's an innate superpower wall crawler 
so she's not impeded by terrain fantastic she is only a medium mover but that's going to help a lot chris of her getting around the map and yeah chris let's talk about these attacks she wouldn't take us through her attacks Let's start with the one I already spoiled a little bit. It is her first attack. It is a physical attack. Knuckle, spike, strike. Range 3, strength of 5, power cost of 0. It is a classic builder. After this attack is resolved, Squirrel Girl gains power equal to the damage dealt. On a wild, you trigger ambush. After the attack is resolved, place this character within range 1 of the target. There is no choice. You have to do it if you roll wild. So be careful on that one, because if Tippy's gone and you're now placing her right in someone's grill, that could be tough. Beast players are very familiar with this. Yes. Where you have to place. But Beast is awesome, and that's part of why he's awesome. So Yeah. The next attack is her Spender, Army of Squirrels, also a physical attack, range four, strength of six, power cost of two. If the attack deals damage after the attack is resolved, the target character gains bleed and stun special conditions. No triggers on that one. It's just getting damage through, which is a trigger in and of itself. So no wild trigger. On a wild, there is a trigger though. You will trigger push. After damage is dealt, if the target character is size three or less, score roll pushes the target character short. Love that. The spender is great. It only costs two power. Only costs two six power. dice with a range of four. That's good. This is a good spender. For a size three push, absolutely. Obviously, the push is not guaranteed in neither of the conditions, but if you've got you know tippy, what? you got yeah. rerolls. That is a lot with tippy. That essentially is essentially a dice spender. Yeah, yeah, essentially eight dice. So this is the bread and butter of her kid is using the spinner as much as you can, which is unusual for characters in MCP, but not for Squirrel Girl because it's her only displacement and it's her most consistent damage, right? So it's one of those things. You've always got to be thinking with her, can I pay for Army of Squirrels and can I pay for a tippy toe takedown if I want it by the end of her turn? Maybe I could throw it out there after she's done attacking with these rerolls, throw that out there. But I think the spender is absolutely amazing. I think it's one of the better ones in the game on a character like this. It's range four, as Chris said, is just is crazy good for this. And I love the push that's size three, Chris. Yeah. Like, you're seeing her strength come into play here, the lore of that. And if that uh, were a size two push. Yeah, I, I think the character just doesn't work. It, yeah, it just have to cost less the spender or something, right? But cost, bleed yeah, and stun and is also on auto, command. Auto bleed and stun, stun especially. Well, it's not auto. I keep saying that. I'm sorry, listener. Getting one damage through, so a lot like the most frustrating Black <laughs> Widow attack. Yeah, daggers never get through for me. But yeah, the bleed and stun on a single damage getting through is awesome stun is massive in this game right now absolutely massive so let's talk about our injured side chris one thing changes which i absolutely Uh love so we get an additional sentence added to squirrelies my goodness so good when squirrel girl is removed from the battlefield so this is after she's on her injured side her and tippy are bloodied up they're still fighting it out when this character is removed from the battlefield as in referring to squirrel girl Remove its tippy toe token from the game. So then we jump to this next clause, which is Guardian Squirrel, which you can trigger at this moment. When this character will be KO'd by an enemy effect, if it has the tippy toe token, so it does have to be on her. So keep that in mind. So probably when you're injured side, you're just going to keep tippy on yourself. You don't Absolutely. want it on the enemy. Remove tippy from the game. Tippy's taken the bullet for her. This character then removes one damage, is not KO'd, may be placed within two of its current position. This character then cannot have Tippy the rest of the game. So Tippy is giving her essentially 
a Hella revive slash exceptional healing one time. I think it's very important to note too that on the backside, this guardian squirrel innate ability replaces the tippy come back ability. Absolutely. So you, so you do not, like Jesse said, you want to keep Tippy on Doreen when she's on her injured side because you're not going to be able to automatically recall Tippy when you're targeted by an attack or a superpower. The only way you can get him back is by killing the enemy that he's on. By da- right? dazing or KOing the enemy that Tippy's on. So be careful. Call that squirrel back if you're about to get spiked. I love this ability. It's it's it is a bit tough because she only has five stamina on the back, and once again, no da- damage reduction or anything like that. But her getting a one-time healing factor, very awesome. healing, yeah, it's it's really nice, and it can get you out of some sticky situations late game where you're not forced to go with Doreen early and around. You can go with someone else, maybe. And the the move to place could also honestly be huge. That could move you from not scoring or securing. It could. To 100%, you know, contesting or score. She will be on her injured side for it. So no one healthy can be there, but you know, it's a thing. Yeah. So I absolutely love this. I love that she gets this guardian squirrel in the back and kind of the interaction with squirrelies that we just mentioned. Now that's it. That's all her card is, Chris. It's very simple. It's very straightforward, but it's not because this combination of tippy and because combination of her rerolls, a lot of her is just, you got to get her to the table. You got to see how these things work out. You got to see how these rerolls work. You got to come force multiplier put her in teams with attacking rerolls or defensive rerolls which we'll talk about shortly yeah that's her card it's very straightforward and she is a bruiser character she wants to be in people's faces she wants to be fighting which is why i like her of course i love bruiser of course. characters i've always loved them i like them in video games i like oh, them in yeah. tabletop games I'm a, I'm a bruiser boy i love it well Call let's me talk bruiser about brody good name well, let's talk about her tactics cards real quick first of which being they say keep your enemies close, unaffiliated, and active. This can be played by Squirrel Girl or Gwenpool in any team they are in. Squirrel Girl or Gwenpool may spend three power to play this card. During the next attack made by the character that played this card, if that attack targets an enemy character within range one, the target enemy character rolls no defense during the attack. Absolutely love it. Or you have a different option you can do with this card. During the next attack made by this character that played this card, if the attack that targets the enemy character is, that is not within range one, so if it's a outside of range one attack after the attack is resolved place the enemy character within range one of squirrel girl or Gwynpool. so essentially it's a you teleport to me thing amazing card the range only being dictated by the ranges on the character attacks squirrel girl has a range four attack so it would be five power to use her spender and play this card but being able to pull someone <laughs> range four away to within range one you know Range four and then put them range one on the other side of your character. Absolutely. That is a very long displacement. Even range three, right? Because it could be max range three, two bases, send a place of one, right? There's a lot of, this is like a web line, right? Which is very cool. It's good. And what's crazy is the first part is you could attack with knuckle strike, ambush, get range one of them, and then play this first part where you're getting a black order card. You're getting a execute from black like from proxima and or corvus so that could just remove a target as well so this is a very versatile card i think it's a card massive against characters with martial artists just absolutely huge oh yeah just get in there and do your best yeah i mean it's not always the problem with with trying to take out daredevil is counting those blanks well let's just get the dice out of here you don't even get blanks you don't get dice period that's it's wild that's great 
One, it's cool because it also, as Chris said, if you can spend the five power, it works really well with Army of Squirrels because it's essentially guaranteeing you're going to get the bleed and stun and probably the push off because you're just, okay, there's no dice modification of Squirrel Girls dice except what I'm doing. So it's all going to be positive for me and I'm probably getting the damage through and I'm probably pushing you. But let's talk about Squirrel Girls final card that we did cover on our news update, which I think is still one of the silliest cards in the game and in a good way. It's called Inexplicable Demise, unaffiliated and active. So once again, any team Squirrel Girls on, she can play this. During Squirrel Girls activation, she may spend X to play this card. Choose an enemy character with within range two and with a threat value of X or less. What you paid. Roll a number of dice equal to the chosen character's threat value. If the roll contains one of the following combinations of results, you may apply the corresponding effect. So we're going to go through them ascending. It's going to get harder as we go to get these things, but so cool. If you get a crit out of those dice you roll, the character gains slow. If you get a crit in a wild, the character gains slow and stagger. That seems likely, especially if they're a high threat character. Yep. The third tier is crit, wild, hit. So the chosen enemy gains slow, stagger, and root. Then we go up to crit, wild, hit, block. You're going to add stun to the category. So we got slow, stagger, root, stun. And finally, the full Yahtzee, every dice result in MCP, crit, wild, hit, block, critical failure, the skull, the chosen enemy character is KO'd. This is the Thanos. This is how you get Thanos with her. This is how you kill Thanos with her. Absolutely. So hard to do. And I will mention, there's not many things in the game that can reroll effects like this, but they do exist. Heimdall comes to mind. Heimdall can help her get this off, which is very cool. If you want to wombo combo somebody, Heimdall's the way to do it. That could be a fun, that could be a fun thing to do at home for sure. Absolutely. I, I think this is so cool, namely because this is absolutely the definition of a kitchen table card, but what a moment for sure. And what a great card to have. If you've got space on your roster, let's say you're playing defenders. They don't have a lot of affiliation cards, right? Maybe this just has come in to give you an out or to give you an option to put stagger on a Thanos. Getting stagger as one of the possibilities, just the the second result up the track is really nice. They could have easily changed that stagger from the the crit wild selection to being a root and then not giving you the stagger until the third result. But they Mm -hmm. gave you the high value result, the second result down the track one of the easier ones to get. So that in and of itself really does help this card. It but does. I, I think you're right. I don't think it's something you want to rely on a competitive format, but maybe we're wrong. I mean, it's certainly a card that like could just win you a game. It absolutely could. You don't want to be in a position where you need to win a game off a Yahtzee roll, right? 100%. Now, what's also crazy though, is if you could get this off early, which I've heard people have done like as early as round two or something on a five threat character. And they're just, you know, debilitated by all these effects early on. I mean, you can start kind of steamrolling your opponent. And let's also not forget, Chris, like a five threat character, you could get lucky and Yahtzee all these results, all five, right? Extremely it's, unlikely. It's but happened. It's it, it, Exactly. So I, it is fun that the bigger the threat, this is very much a squirrel goal lore thing. The bigger the threat, the more money you pay for this card, essentially, the more power you, you dish out the higher chance you have to get further down the track. I'm not saying you're going to get to the KO, but I'm saying like maybe you do get that third tier pretty guaranteed if you're hitting a seven coster or something, right? Stun stagger root is pretty gross. 
Yeah. I'm just thinking like three in giving a mortal Hulk slow stagger root slow. I said stun, but yeah, that slow against a lot of teams is even worse than stun. So, right. And stagger and root that is huge against a big character, right? Stagger and roots massive. Those are the two high value conditions at the moment, right? Yeah. So I absolutely love this, that she has this fun card in the game that she can affect somebody like this. And of course the art is her and tippy fighting Thanos. So perfect. It's, this is intended, right? <laughs> Bring this against Thanos. Now, Thanos's threat will be brought into account here. So if he's bringing two gems, it's eight. That was going to be this. my question. Do you have to pay for the gems as well? Yeah, you do. Okay. Increases your chances, but also makes it way more difficult to get this off because it costs eight. So you're pretty much, what I'm hearing is you're going to have to play her in A-Force. You're going to have to play. <laughs> yes, kidding. Yeah. Or when she flips, she's ready to go yeah. play this card, right? So it's very cool. Now, let's talk about those affiliations where she's at, Chris. You mentioned A-Force. Of course, she is part of A-Force, which I absolutely adore. And she's part of Avengers. Which is great. I think with her awesomely good wild triggers, I think she's a very good candidate for Steve 3. Agreed. Yeah, no, she if she can pay for stuff, which in theory she should be able to if she's getting these builders off consistently. Steve 3, great way to go. The Mighty Steve, the Wild Steve, as we also call him here. What's cool about that, Chris, is you could also, in that leadership, just keep Tippy on yourself. That's, that's a, how I would do it. That's the squirrel girl that you're going to play. She's keeping yep. Tippy because she's an output machine in that team. Exactly. Now, I love an A-Force, her getting all this power to maybe even get, have the Tippy on command to I throw think out that's, there. I think that's her role in A-Force because you don't need her. There's a lot of other bruiser, bruisers in that affiliation. Sure. So you use her more as a, like I said, the kaiju hunter. I think her I like role. It. I think her role there, at least on the surface, if you build the team differently, that's totally fine. Yeah. But on the surface, initial passover, it's you know you bring her in to take out their or to throw Tippy on their five point, their sixth threat, their seventh threat models, because you do have three bodyguards in affiliation essentially. Yeah, to get around her biggest weakness, which yep. is. When Tippy's gone, she's pool. yeah. When Tippy's gone, she's pretty fragile. So she can work in all the Avengers teams. I mean, it's one of those things. She weirdly does not work in Classic Steve at all because she has no superpowers that costs you know more than one. Right? X does not work that way with Steve. Though it's that's a day one rules thing. So not going in your Classic Steve list, but could totally work in Sam Wilson if you need a bruiser. I think she works in Sam Wilson really well. And obviously works well in A-Force with the power passing. I mean, it's one of those things where if she's in the fray taking a lot of damage, that just means the rest of your A-Force team is getting powered up and backing her up and moving up the field and getting ready. But let's talk about some other teams where she really absolutely works and could fit. Defenders under the Marvel Knights. I think it might be your best home, Chris, weirdly, because getting one more reroll on top of these rerolls on attack makes her really explosive and really scary. That team can fight really well in spread maps, though they like to fight in the middle a lot. And I think when they get a spread map, Squirrel Girl is a perfect character to just bring out and be like, okay, mm. I'm sending Daredevil on a flank. I'm sending Squirrel Girl on a flank. I've got these characters with rerolls that are going to stick on points. What are you doing about that? So I think she's a really good contender for that list. And I think the rerolls are crazy for her too, because you can also, almost in a way, guarantee interesting Daredevil rerolls because you can do this ambush and play some mm -hmm. positions where you're buying multiple models to get multiple rerolls because you are range two of multiple models. I think it's cool, but weirdly I she works too. with Doctor Strange too because 
she can change these attacks to different attack types and also add hex on top of her attacks. That really helps, especially with her spender going mm-hmm. into some big, heavy physical change those squirrels to energy squirrels, change those squirrels to energy, change those squirrels to mystic and get that damage through for those conditions. Yeah. It's very cool. Now, on the inverse side of those rerolls, I think she does work pretty well in Web Warriors. The, the irony is she's competing with Spider Woman. So that Which, aside, that's yeah, good good luck. I mean, good luck. But just, Jessica Drew is just kicking chicken right now. But if you're on a fighty map and Jessica's not needed, she's a great character for this Web Warriors team because she can actually bring out some offensive output and she gets a defensive reroll on top of two defensive rerolls. So it's just nuts because. It just makes her way more sustain-oriented, and Miles gives her the option to, if she's playing the game, use those defensive rerolls from either Tippy and or the leadership to reroll skulls. So just keeping her around in a massive way in the Web Warrior team, right? If she's playing the game, and she wants to be playing the game, where she wants to be on a secure, holding her ground. She's asking the opponent, fight me, right? I think so, yeah. So I think Miles is a perfect spot for her to go in that regard. Now... Keeping that kind of thought process going, I think those are her primary teams, but you can branch out from there if you really want to. I think she's playable in a lot of spaces. I think. Yeah, I played her in Hellfire, had fun. Yeah, I'm sure. Little ticks of healing, little Mm -hmm. ticks of power, pretty beneficial to her. That's why I think she'd be good with Sam Wilson is that just that little bit of healing, a little bit of extra bit of mobility when needed. It helps. Yeah, you could flip that on set too and put her in some of these cabal teams mm-hmm. where she's benefited from dealing damage. Yes, she's getting absolutely. more power or she's getting more things off because she's dealing damage. The irony of some of that is like any team that's going to give rerolls, she really just explosively can work. So maybe not new shield because it's, it is a true gun line, but classic Wakanda, she, if she's got power to add yeah. another reroll, that Wakanda reroll is so powerful because you have perfect information before you decide to do it essentially. And you add Shuri on top of that as well, and she can just start removing models in a lot of ways. Ooh, yeah, just for be sure. a beater, right? So I think Wakanda's a really good shout. And even something interesting like the new Doc Ock spider foes where she's getting she's more defensive because she's immune to conditions in some ways, by the way his leadership works, and she gains power by being attacked. So you can use her aggressively while the rest of your spider foes are doing their extract stuff. And you can use her aggressively on a secure, a side secure. I keep referencing a side secure. I think she's a side secure character to force the opponent to attack her. And then you're getting that Doc Ock leadership triggers where you're getting power and you're removing conditions because you were attacked, right? So I think there's a lot of cool places where she can work, but the reroll factions come to mind first. And I think they should be the forefront of your mind after this Avengers and A-Force affiliated stuff. And yeah, that's like Defenders under Daredevil. That's like Cable's X-Force. That's these web warriors on defense, Wakanda on attack or defense. So you've got options. And what's interesting about her is I don't think anyone's ever thought she's a bad character. She's a great character. It's just a question of can you fit her in your roster because we're in this four threat world of we have so many great options of four threats and does she make the cut? So this comes up on the After Dark episode that was released last week. Me and Accuser Phil talk about Squirrel Girl a little bit through our conversation. And that has always been my problem with Squirrel Girl. Yes, I know she's very good. But when is she the best four threat choice? I don't know. I think you have to just love her. And that's when she's the best four threat choice. I think you have to love her and have a lot of experience with her. 
Oh, yeah. Well said. Yeah, I think Kerr and Gwenpool both are uniquely positioned as really powerful core threats. They just, you have to know how to play them. They and take, to a, I think they take a lot of investment, yeah, from their pilot to really understand when the situation is best for them. Yeah. But also you could get like deeper meta analysis of that too, Chris, not meta as in our, our games meta, but the ethos of the pop culture elements of that. It's like, what if Squirrel Girl and Gwenpool in particular were two more well-known forthright characters in the lore and how much more would we see them i think that's part of it too i think if we had like a, a web warrior that had this mechanics you'd be seeing them on the table more in general i think you're correct so that's part of it too unfortunately well, let's but. be honest man squirrel girl is a weird hero she was so a hero weird. that was brought into the marvel she was created specifically to counter all of the like edgy and darker stories that were coming around us through the the mutants in the early 90s. Yes. This, we've talked about it multiple times on this feed about how- Oh yeah, the whole gothic phase yeah, we, and, we went and through. And Claremont, yeah, phasing Claremont out and bringing in this new group of creators that would leave and form Image Comics, Spawn, and <laughs> all kinds of cable, all kinds of crazy- Oh yeah, you know, we just talked about Angela at the top of the Violent show. things. Yeah. And and dark things. They, they changed the whole tone of comic books and- Ultimately, I'm glad they did, but Same. that doesn't mean there's not room for fun, wholesome, yes. just kind of goofiness, right? Which, as I get older, I appreciate all these things more and more. Awesome. And, and so, it. yeah, she was actually created as a response to that. Those I love were, that. Those are what the, the creators were going for. And, and unfortunately, the plans fell through and we didn't see her for 15 years. And I just wonder if she would have been able to be part of that team book that she was slated to be on, where she would be in pop culture now. It might have been the last we ever saw of her. She might have exploded. I just don't know. On the flip side of that is in the last six years or so, she's had this huge resurgence, right? Where it's like that whole like pre-2020 to now range of like Squirrel Girl becoming popular and, and known by a lot of people when she wasn't clearly before at all. So it's working. It's absolutely working. but. Yeah, maybe the waters weren't right at the time. And I applaud those creators pushing back against the current at that time, of that 90s. Me too. Yeah. 100%. It needed to happen. It, everything was going, was becoming homogenous at that <laughs> moment in time. Because you we know, were living every, in a Frank Miller world. <laughs> well, and you can't blame people because no, those guys stuff. were having so much success and writing such cool stories and changing the industry. But at the same time, not everyone needs to be writing those stories. Not The industry doesn't need to be changed by everyone. Well, I think that's a good way to summarize and finish our scroll discussion here, Chris, is like, this is a breath of fresh air if you need it. And we just talked about some heavy topics recently with Immortal Hulk and Cosmic Ghost Rider, right? In the way of so many threads in those stories, in the way of mental health, all the way to violence and what it is to be a superhero and civilian casualties and all these things. And then we literally on this very show have done the same thing. We're like wholesome, good, new modern superhero. That's a good character for young people to look up to. 100%. And yeah. This is needed in the medium and it might not be for everyone, but you should try it and you should do it every once in a while as a breath of fresh air because us doing the series, rereading Squirrel Girl stuff. I mean, I really enjoyed myself. It was a breath of fresh air and it was a nice break and the serious comics. So. Well, it is. And I think you said it well. It is It is very needed and in the space because even if it's not for you, it is for someone. And I Absolutely. think that's important to to realize in a lot of different areas in our lives. So yeah, I think Squirrel Girl is a good thing. 
I think she's a fun character. And her powers are cool too, right? Though unusual. Yes. I mean, it's- yes. And, and quirky, everything. It's all a bit weird and forces <laughs> you to think a little bit outside the box, which is good. And it's aware it's weird, right? Yes. And it's, very it's aware. cognizant yeah. of that, which is very fun. And I, like I said, if you enjoy writing and the art of writing, they're worth reading for that to put yourself in a tonally different headspace, right? It's, these are not analogous things, but I'm using this as a reference to give yourself a reference point. If you've been reading certain novels for a whole time in your life, and then you read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy the first time, and you're like, whoa, what's happening to me? Like The dialogue I'm having with this book inadvertently is happening. And that, that they do that in Scroll Girl in their own way. Yes. That's, that's a breath of fresh air, too, from a way we enjoy reading. It's just right. different. It's just different. So it's also why people love Deadpool. It's a different spectrum of that as well. And can't knock it for the people that love it. All I have to say is so long and thanks for all the fish. Great. Furious Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Furious Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Furious Finest. Of course, we have our Secret Wars League. We have the Painting Guy with no name. We have many things going on there. We would love to have you in our discussions there. So please check out the Patreon tiers. You can find us on several spaces online. You can find us on X at Furious Finest Cast, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitch at Furious Finest. And you can always email us at furiousfinest at gmail.com and leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice. It means a lot, especially Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you can just scroll over and give us five stars real quick while you're listening, it means a lot. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for the show's music. And like Jesse said, uh, all those reviews and ratings help way more than especially for smaller shows like ours. So. Yeah, please. Thank you so much for all the support you guys have given us uh, over the years. It means a ton. Visibility is everything, and you guys are helping us be visible. So thank you for that. Of course, you can find me, Chris, several spaces online. You can find me, Jesse, all the same place at Jesse Aiken. That's J S S E E A K I N. X Instagram, Discord, Longshanks, and check out my Star Wars Shatterpoint show. Hello there, a Star Wars Shatterpoint podcast. Everywhere podcasts can be found. We keep saying it, but a big year for AMG is starting right now in the spring for both Star Wars Shatterpoint and Marvel Christ Protocol. And we'd love you to jump on that journey with us. Chris, where can everyone find you? You can find me on the Discord. I'm Strong Style, Chris Finest in MCP-related discords. You can hear me make jokes about the NBA on Orange Futures, an NBA podcast. Last week, we did a deep dive on Shane Battier, which was fun. So go listen to that and relive some of those memories. Give Chris a follow there. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Squirrel Girl. It's been a nice change of pace, and we've got some more exciting character episodes coming very soon. But until next time, thanks for listening, true believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. 